ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. We are just fucking cranking them out lately, motherfuckers. We are on this shit. <laughs> I hope you are tuned in. I hope you've been paying attention. We're watching two shows. We're doing all the work twice for you guys. Um, it's been awesome so far uh, because the, both of the pieces of content are just amazing. I hope you got to tune in to uh, this past week, and we had uh, our buddy John Fathon, who is a real-life motherfucking Mandalorian, and uh, my buddy out there in Brooklyn holding it down, uh, co-host with the most, Frank Marsilio. Hey, man. This is just you been... know You know John from a million years ago, right? Yeah. Uh, I think we met in, like, 2007. <laughs> so. Yeah, so... You know, you know him from way back, the mid aughts. Like this is dope, and I think he was so funny on the podcast, and he definitely brought some nice insight. Please go check it out if you're watching Mandalorian. Um, but right now, we have to turn our attention, we have to turn in our hymnals, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, Watchmen episode six. This extraordinary being, Frank. I've been talking for a long time. What did you think of this episode? This episode was fantastic. Um, you know, I, I was in, in a bit of a bind last night. I was like, well, I, I'm i really used to watching these uh, the night that they, they go uh, live. Uh, but I was like, I just don't know if I have the time to. And then I was like, you know, what? I, I don't want to uh, get spoiled or anything because just it, all these shows that are coming out right now, it's like it, it's a fever pitch and people are talking about it and like my slack channel was blown up this morning and I'm like, ah, I would have, yeah. I would have regretted it. Um, you know, th this is a, uh, I was talking about, it's kind of like a bottle episode in that it's, you know, all this one concept, you're going down this, uh, you know, memory lane really. Uh, and you're with yeah. Angela. Um, but it really isn't a bottle because it, you're, you're going through, pretty much the entire plot of the original Watchmen and, you know, the, the, the show so far, and you're learning so much about, uh, the character of Will Reeves that it, it's, it's quite a ride. I love that <laughs> last week's episode, they, uh, made note of that movie, um, uh, the, the pale, pale horse, the hell horse. And the same thing with, uh, Schindler's list. And this whole, this whole episode basically is an homage to that. It's in black and white with just a little bit of red. Um, except for the, uh, the, the present day scenes. Um, fantastic. It, it just edge of your seat. Um, I'm like, how are they going to finish this story in three episodes? Yeah. I, you know, I'm starting to get, at that point too, it just seems like there's like so many fun things in the air, but I mean, just overall, like I love this episode. I think that this is, uh, you know, up there with episode three. Um, it's super fun. Uh, and it definitely shows you into some awesome, you know, Minutemen Watchmen backstory that is just unquestionably, um, well done and it's, it's really great. And I'm super into talking to spoilers. I think that this episode just warrants it. Um, I, I'm, I'm totally impressed with, uh, the storytelling that's at work here and the way that this is, like I said, this is, I think Lindelof must've taken something from Lucas in that this rhymes with the original Watchmen. 
Oh my god! You know, in so many ways that you're absolutely right. It's such a like the the way that it's got a uh, a, a show within a show, like a comic within a comic, and it has uh, you know you're 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 learning about the current storyline, but you're also learning about like a previous thing, like as much like the original Watchmen comic. You're learning about the original Minutemen. It's like a sequel to that um, in in universe. It's it rhymes. It's amazing. It's a really it's really it's cool nuts. Thing. Um, so yeah, I I'm I'm sold on this show. I think that I don't know. This is this to me is a great addition to the Watchmen universe of things. Um, you know, there's so much ephemera that's created like outside of just what Moore and Gibbons created. Like that's kind of it's an interesting world in a way. Like imagine if Lucas had created Star Wars: A New Hope. And then, like, never worked on it again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. You know, and, like, uh, Macquarie and, like, all the people who were working on it doing the special effects stayed around and, like, worked on it with other people who also liked the idea. But George Lucas was never there or ever came back. And, like, to me, like, that's something that's, like, it's it's interesting, but I, I can't imagine – that if I was Alan Moore and I was watching this show that I would hate it so much. Like to me, like this seems like such a beautiful homage to um, his writings and story elements that I, I don't know of like this, a better send up for him. Like I hope that he's, I hope that he watches it. I know he won't, but like even still, like it's great. We got to talk spoilers, Frank. Let's, yeah. Let's talk spoilers, please. Okay. Okay. Spoilers. So, uh, throughout the episode, you know, um, uh, Angela Abar is ostensibly tripping on this drug called nostalgia. Now, you can go on Pedipedia and you can read some more and you can find out that uh, people who are uh, pregnant should not be taking this drug. Um, hmm. And I think that that is definitely a easy send up to what is going on with uh, her daughter. Um, because she's obviously been using this drug. It's explained more by uh, uh, Silk Spectre. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Back up. The who's uh, yeah. Lady True's daughter? You mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So that question offered and answered. Thank yeah. you, Pedipedia. Yeah. Um, then um, you see Lori Blake. She's kind of explaining what happened. You know, with nostalgia for us, not really for Angela. Like Angela's a cop. Obviously, she would have probably known about what nostalgia was. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah, you know, some exposition so, to to make sure that we're up to speed as to like why she's going to be tripping balls the entire episode. Yeah. So she pretty <laughs> much what they do is they take your memories from your brain, isolate them in some kind of you know uh, agent, and then you indu you induce it, and then you. Uh, get these really amazing visual hallucinations that, you know, are crazy. And she takes way too much and, you know, she's probably going to die. She's in a coma. Um, but and you're not supposed that, to take that, someone else's either. You're supposed to, like, these are will. What a wild memories. thing. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine what it would be like to be in somebody else's memory. Like, can you even imagine like the perspective and like the way that history treats memories? Yeah. Like, like you're in like that again, like this is one of those twilight zony elements of this show that really does make it fun. Like what if you could fucking take it? Like what if you took a hit of my experience of playing spotlight in fall 2006? Like, right. It's it, you're me in that moment. 
visualizing you. <laughs> like it's it's nuts. Like that's a, I love that idea. Um, I hope that they make that. Um, whoever in the pharmaceuticals was watching this show, please, you can make that drug. I'll fucking take it. Uh, it, it was great. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like the way that they kind of talk about it. How it's like you know it was used for for like Alzheimer's patients and, and that kind of thing, but then people abuse it as well. So it's like, that's why it's been, uh, it's illegal. I think at this point in, in Watchmen universe, right? Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, just, so you plug PDpedia. I, I'm going to plug the official HBO podcast. Uh, they, I'm going to listen to this tonight. This dude, is what's going down tonight. So again, the, they've, this is the second episode. There will be one more. Um, again, kind of with the rhyming of, of it all, they're doing. They did the first three episodes in one, the four, five, and six here. I, I was kind of. I almost forgot that it was coming out, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm excited to hear everything." Like, it's interesting because it's you know Damon Lindelof uh, with this other guy Craig, and you know Craig only knows certain things, and I think he's seen more of the show, but he's as much like a fan and has theories as well. Um, but I think they recorded it, uh, you know, before all the episodes came out to the public. So it's like, like still getting used to hearing what all the theories are. And like, you know, one of the things that they talk about is how people theorize that could Will Reeves possibly be hooded justice. And, you know, again, spoilers, we find out in this episode that he for sure was hooded justice and has he's hundred percent hooded justice and has the best origin story, uh, like fully fleshed out that we get to see it from you know beginning to end, uh, in, in a in something that I don't think before the show came out we ever expected to to get this backstory for this background character from the comic book that while yes was very important to the lore in, in the sense that like. He was the first one. He's the first one, one, right. And everyone kind of looked up to him and, and everything. But, like, he by no means, like, of all the Minutemen, he wasn't a huge focus. It was, like, it was the comedian. It was um, Silk Spectre. And it was the original Night Owl because those are the, the characters we were following in the story. And so, like, because we're following Angela and Angela is his granddaughter, like, it totally makes sense that we're learning about this character. and And just, like, the... I also, not that I love it, I love the way they, they've handled it, that they, they talked about this inherited trauma, um, you know, yeah. last last week with the people from the events of um, uh, 11-2 with, with the, the psychic wave, and then they're showing, like, literally, Angela is inheriting his trauma and everything he experienced. It's just outstanding. Oh, it's so super cool. Okay, so pretty much she takes these drugs and she's walking around in Will's memories from, you know, all these di- all these kind of different ones that are kind of blended together. So it seems like so like just to like to put it together, fact wise, and then we'll kind of go through chronologically. So it seems like the little girl that Will, the baby that Will rescued in the car after the fire of Tulsa, ends up being his wife. Yes. Are we in agreement on that? Agreed. Okay. So uh, that ends up happening. Then, like, he's a cop, and then the the uh, the black cop who pins his uh, badge on uh, tells him to mind the Cyclops. Now, the Cyclops is some, you know, enigmatic thing. We don't know what that is. Yeah. Going and forward I, into the ep- – yeah, go ahead. I, I believe that th- that uh, 
the the black cop that pins his his badge on me and he becomes a cadet is an actual historical figure so again like again this like blurring of the lines of things that you know alternate history but real history um but uh but yes beware of the cyclops go ahead okay so then he then is going out there, you know, um, you know, being a cop and he gets totally fucked up by these guys and they put a noose around his neck and they cut him loose after he like tries to turn in this guy who firebombs a Jewish deli who also happens to be fucking Childress from True Detective. Like this guy gets so much bad guy work. Like it's insane. <laughs> like this character actor, like, like he's just a very believable bad guy because he just looks nefarious. Like I don't know. Like I hope he's like a nice guy in person. Like maybe he likes like Winnie the Pooh or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but ultimately, this dude, uh, you know, he he tries to, um, you know, ar- he arrests him. He brings him in, and uh, the cops, you know, pretend to book him, and then he's out seconds later, and then we see and get totally fucked up by the same cops who were trying to help him. And you can just see that like the the systemic racism in the NY systemic racism, the systemic racism in uh, you know, New York in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, then to today, uh, you know, it, it just seems like, you know, totally, you know, believable and right. fucking tragic. It's it is tragic and it's you you see him uh they they almost lynch him to the point where they cut him down and say if you try to mess with us again we're not going to cut you down um but then he uses he basically uses what they try to kill him with against them he takes the hood he takes the noose and it becomes a part of his costume and you know obviously he has I mean, even his wife had already said that he he is a very angry man. Um, but like yeah. he, you, they they lay the little Easter eggs throughout of like he he looks up to Bass Reeves as like a superhero. He looks up to Superman. He sees him in the comic books. Like that's you know can yeah issue number one at Action Comics. Yeah, and 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 you know he's. He's he is angry and rightfully so because of everything that's happened in his life in Tulsa and in and the uh, the re- racist environment that he he lives and works in and and just how the white supremacy is so prevalent in society and as he's on his way home from almost dying he decides to put the the hood hood back on to help white people I mean. He he needs to take out his anger in, in these these thugs and but that's like his origin. He he, I think it and it actually matches with um, what we had known about uh, Hooded Justice in the past. Like they show the two incidents where he first popped up and it's like he he saved these people's lives in the alleyway and then seemingly stops a, a bank robbery or a, a robbery in a grocery store, which obviously we find out later is not the case. Um, Watchmen is also like a lot about superheroes too. Like I think it was definitely purposeful that like his origin story like totally mirrors Superman in so many ways. Uh, his um, you know first initial like going out there with just like the hood on 
is very similar to like early Batman before he's got all of his shit together. And then his first yeah. kick-ass fight scene is done in the rain. Um, and he's like, you know, it's not really focused on him on the action. Totally like the first Spider-Man movie. Totally so, like, like Spider-Man. Yeah. So I think that there's like all these like subtle references. And then again, what you also cited later, the grocery store, uh, I think it's got to be two things. I think first it's got to be an homage to the movie, that awesome slow-mo shot, but also the inverse of what is on the TV show in that it's not Hooded Justice jumping through the big glass plate, plate glass window and causing mischief in the grocery store. It's that he was thrown out of the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and, and, and it's interesting because <laughs> I, we totally glossed over it that, that – um, the episode starts with uh, a clip from the American Hero story, and we see the reveal of Cheyenne Jackson portraying Hooded Justice, um, which, like, from that moment, it's like, okay, so that's what we're getting. And then they, like, immediately take us down this path of, like, no, no, no. Hooded Justice, this this portrayal is very wrong. This is what actually happened. He's not a white man. Um and you know it, it just it, like you you get that image um of all the shots uh, you know in, in um in canon in the the show of like uh hood of justice and you see his eyes and even in the comic books it, it's always like it seems like he's a white man and because he's wearing a mask under his mask to protect himself even more so and because you know if there was a crime fighting black man in new york city like he wouldn't survive and um it's it's awesome it's awesome it's awesome i mean yeah, it, it's, it's great again it's it's tragic but like uh and i, I they're like they spent like a, a full episode on on everything and i'm like i want more like what happened there's so like like did expect he a lot more cool hooded adjusted like, cool yeah. hooded justice costumes um but yeah i i I totally dug it. I think it like it um it's a it's a really cool retcon. It's also plays into like the what PD had said earlier on that the TV show is not as accurate as it's, you know, portrayed and yep. you know that, you know, shit in history, you know, it's not necessarily wrong, it just gets tweaked, you know. So <clears throat> it what we also see is uh what's um Captain Metropolis's real name? Did you catch that? Do you remember uh, that? Nelson Gardner. Okay, yeah. What a fucking superhero name that is. Um, <laughs> so Nelson Gardner, uh, Captain Metropolis, uh, comes over and, you know, actively is trying to recruit, you know, Hooded Justice to join the Minutemen. And he does in more ways than one, um, which is, you know, it, it, it definitely is shocking. I didn't expect it to go there as well, but fuck yeah. So... Uh, yeah, you would think that like the, the, I know that they they had the rumor in the comic book of that uh, Hooded Justice and and Captain Metropolis had a relationship, but like so that's in that before like... Watchmen. That's in a comic that came after um, okay. the original Watchmen comic book in twenty in like uh, twenty twelve or something. Hmm. It wasn't in like in the Hollis Mason Under the Hood stuff. Like I, I don't think even it's as in... a, like. I don't think, first of all, I don't think there is like one, you know, it would be really cool. Somebody pay Alan Moore a billion dollars and he writes what under, like the full under the hood. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, 
Um, no, I don't think that it was a. I don't remember from the original comic that Hooded Justice was hooking up with Captain Metropolis. And it's a shame because, like the the way I felt like it was portrayed so far, it's like, you know, because we don't know his identity, we can kind of like spread this rumor and like, un- like it's true though, and you know they they have this relationship and uh, you 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 feel that um, you know I'm sure for Will it's like he basically raised this girl that becomes his wife and like he you know for better or for worse, like, it, like the time period, he's not really able to actively explore his sexuality. And then, so what better way to actually do it by like, you know, going into a world where you actually are, you know, hiding your identity and you can do what you want because you feel like you're in a safe space. But even that, they, they totally fuck him over. Like they, you think that they're this like magical team. Um, obviously like we, we already know that they have their issues, but, um, you know, it's, it's kind of another tragedy that he he decides to team up with them, but it ultimately they never have his back. No. Um, you know, so as you're going through this, you see, you know, the, the Will Rogers character, you also see, um, you know, Regina King, like kind of acting out these moments, kind of living as the other, um, you know, the other side through these memories. Um, you also see, uh, you know, Black Manta shows up and is like telling her, you know, you're born in 1976 in Saigon. You know, you're, you gotta come back. And they try to get her to come back. They tell her that she's taking a lethal dose. I'm like, shit, we're killing her. What the fuck? Uh, all right. Um, and uh, you see some cool flashback material of also um, like, you know, the Watchmen and it, they've just, con- the, excuse me, the Minutemen and they've just conquered a big bad guy and they're all in this big press conference and Hooded Justice is about to reveal this big thing and Metropolis is like, okay, no, we're not going to do that right now. And then as you find out more about the, the Cyclops, which is, you know, this underground organization that we learn is affiliated with the clan. And they, we also stumble and the upon. Nazis. We also stumble upon this like really crazy uh, movie house where they, all these, you know, um, African American people were beating the crap out of each other after being shown these really intense, uh, you know, mesmerism, uh, you know, hip, hypnotic uh, flashing Images, yeah. lights. Um, and then we kind of, you know, see, uh, you know heard of justice is early and like on these like big long scale plots like talk about like you know long term superheroism you know like you have your people out there on the street that are you know knocking over your bank robbers you know your muggers your rapists these kind of people but he's also going after the long investigative you know uh, detective kind of stuff which is really cool and he gets to the bottom of this and then he sees the dude who strung him up and he fucking strangles him with the microphone cable he's using to hypnotize people. And it's fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he takes them all out. And uh, like I was saying before, he, he tried to get uh, Captain Metropolis and the rest of the Minutemen to come down. And, you know, he just says, you're going to have to so- solve black unrest on your own. And it's just like devastating because like not only is this somebody that he thought was his uh, you know teammate 
he was also kind of his partner and he just he, he's still like the whitest guy you know right he's just like no sorry you know, that's not my problem you know it's they're, they're gonna do what they're gonna do i'm gonna turn turn and look the other way um but i i think from there um uh we we do see um he does have a son which makes sense obviously we have angela so the dots need to connect that way uh but they uh his wife and and son moved back to tulsa allegedly and it seems like he was gonna maybe stay in new york and continue his vigilanteism uh but it's kind of unclear from there what happens like you know because we know from the comic book that he disappears i think like 1959 or something um so like where he goes if he just you know hangs up the hood or if he goes back to tulsa because he's not really in angela's life and i think that's something that we're going to get a little bit more out of next week um but the the plot of the mesmerism continues to present day in in that we are revealed the way uh uh he actually kills uh judd crawford um, you know, it was implied that he did because he said he did, but it's like, how could we believe this over hundred year old man is like strings him up and it's cause he forces him to do it on his own. Um, fantastic. Ugh. So, uh, so fantastic, but so unexplainable to one Lori Blake. <laughs> what, what is she going to say? <laughs> like, what right. are you going to, what are you going to tell her? Like, she's going to fucking laugh at you. But the thing is, like, yeah, but I think the thing is, like, how much do they trust the the drug nostalgia? Like, what is Angela just going to come out of this, like, near-death experience and be like, yeah, and make up all these fake memories? Like, yeah, but you also, know. like, but, like, is nostalgia, does nostalgia hold up in a court of law? Like, uh, like yeah. do, do people who take that drug, like, is it so, like, let me ask you this. So, like, then people, that's, like, a whole new level of thought crime. Imagine that shit. Imagine, imagine you're like with your wife, right? And then mm-hmm. like your wife takes your like this is that Twilight Zone shit, and your wife takes your nostalgia, and like for whatever reason it's like the, uh, you know, you know like some really dark fucked up memory of you like killing somebody, you know, like and then they see this or like you in right. war shooting people, like do they like then get to go and then report you on that shit? Like if it's not reported, I don't know. like. Do the people at the at the true plant are they what kind of liability do they have? This is the kind of science fiction shit I want. <laughs> at the true plant, do they have like the memories on file, right? Like if they're sure. the ones that extracted yeah. it from him in the first place, like is there somewhere like they they can actually like verify this information that she gets? I mean, I think shit's gonna hit the fan before. <laughs> before too long anyway uh you know that clock is ticking and, oh we uh, got the tick motherfucking tiktok okay um so what else so he goes he blows up this whole plant there's a nice image where it mirrors with tulsa and then uh we see um you know uh sister knight uh angela abar waking up at lady true's place um and it seems like you know, everything we're going to need to know is going to be kind of revealed about what Lady True's plan is in the next stinger, um, the the bumper. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that there's actually a plan there. There's a lot of Watchmen is exposition and just artful exposition. Like, that's kind of what I love about it. Dude, that's it. like your favorite thing. <laughs> it is. It is. Like, 
it, but it's artful. Like think of how they do it. Think of how Zack Snyder does it in the movie. Like they like there's the awesome slow motion montage with times they are changing. There's mm. uh the Doctor Manhattan sequence. Like all of that stuff is done so artfully and and like masterful, but it doesn't feel like someone's sitting da- you down and telling you about this whole fantastical world. So. Uh, I don't know. I love it. Uh, it's really hard to do, and I think that this show and like this universe does it so effortlessly um, that it's fun. It's just continuously fun to watch. Uh, what do you think? I so mean, fun. I don't know. I don't know what her plan is. Like, I want to see what's going on with the trial of Ozymandias and all the clones. <laughs> that to <laughs> me seems very exciting. So, so for the the Ozymandias stuff. I think a lot of that's already in the past. I think he's just been gradually catching up to us in terms of uh, timeline. You think um, he? You think he started out at a different timeline than when we saw him? Totally, hundred percent. I think because so much time has passed, like I don't think his saga began like uh, October twenty nineteen. I think it may be back to like when he disappeared the first time. You know, it, whether whenever they thought he like 2012 or something like that, I, whatever the PDPedia stuff said, um, I think we're seeing significant gaps of time. Also like how, uh, how much time passes on Europa compared to like earth. Um, like we see that um, one object fall from the sky. Uh, I think episode four with lady true. Like, could that be him coming back to Earth? And then she's like... And, and then she uh, encased him in gold? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Put her in her terrarium? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think in terms of the uh, the Millennium Clock stuff, uh, it, you know, we're, we're setting up these two very different sides of you've got the uh, the 7th Cavalry and everything we learned last week um, alongside the Ku Klux Klan, which we learned some more about uh, Crawford's role in... in in that um, organization up against um, basically hooded justice will, and he's clearly teamed up with lady true. Um, And, you know, maybe there's going to be some sort of mass uh, hypnosis mesmerism, kind of similar to the mass uh, psychic. uh, Maybe, maybe they're trying to like, do you think they're going to try to stop racism by mesmerizing people or something like that? Or is it going to be like, you know, a, a create some sort of race war that's going to uh, eventually make people like come together? Like it's going to be some sort of plot that is going to rhyme on the scale of what Ozymandias did in the first. I don't know, man. Well, you think about what Ozymandias, so like it's different because when you see Ozymandias, when you see Adrian in the uh, the comics, you know he just really sends the squid to New York, but it's really the implications of the squid that are mm-hmm. more at stake. Whereas in the movie, it's more of the 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 scale and the uh, you know kind of the it's the scale, it's the it's the amount of life lost. I think that, like, the implications, the psychic wave, aliens, interdimensional shit, like, that's what they're kind of playing after. So I don't think that you're – I don't think that you're probably too far off. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that what we've also been seeing is that there's so many opposing sides kind of in this universe that you have kind of this 
the Cyclops people who have the eye in it, and I, I gotta imagine that the eye is similar to something with the squid. I can't that can't yes. not be connected. Um, sure. And then, you know, we also have Lady True's kind of idealism, and we don't really even know what her politics or her, her meaning is about yet. You know, it really it's very it's vague at best right now. Um, so I don't know. I'm cu- I, I always love this part of the story because it's it's fun, um, but I am I'm curious, man. Like I want to see what happens with Looking Glass. I want to get back to Adrian. I want to go see what happens with the rest of the people in Tulsa. I hope you know uh, Angela is okay. I, I I love this show, man. I really like these characters. I feel tied to them. I don't know what they're gonna do for a second season. I don't know what could happen after this the way that it mirrors the other story um, so much as maybe there's other iterations of other characters that they want to talk about, you know, like maybe you want to talk more about, you know, a silhouette, but you do it against, you know, the late nineties, early two thousands. I don't know how you do it, but like, you know, even still like I'm, I want to, I want to believe that there's more to this story, but I also feel like maybe they're going to wrap it up and it's going to be like anthologized. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited that this exists. It's great that we're talking about it. We've been talking about it for plenty of time at this point. Um, we're super into this show. Please tell us what you guys think. We had some guy comment the other day about star Wars who was like really angry about it. Um, I'm not really going to give com, you know, raise his comments cause he's really just kind of angry at Disney we're not angry at Disney. <laughs> um, <No>. so <laughs> I, I think that, you know, I understand your comments, sir, but you know, I, I don't know if they raise up to be on the show. If you're curious what that is, follow our Instagram, find us on social media at LLH podcast. And, uh, can we backtrack really quick? Um, uh, to, to Watchmen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited to see, uh, how all the characters connect, you know, get, getting Adrian Veidt up to the, the plot of this story. I, yeah. I agree that I want to see what happens with, um, uh, looking glass and, and Angela. I, I just, I hope that they stick the landing. I think, um, uh, back to what Damon said at, uh, New York Comic Con that you know they they want to see how this show does that I don't I definitely th- don't think they've greenlit a second season but at this point I can see why they wouldn't because it does feel uh, very standalone and that it's complementing the original in such a great way um, and to just like continue the plot thread from this doesn't seem like genuine and it wouldn't it wouldn't do it justice um, hooded justice uh, no, and it wouldn't uh, do it hooded justice. No, it wouldn't it? And, and you know, I, I, I could see them doing like other characters and yeah, would I like to see what happened to Dan? Sure. But, um, maybe that's not super important. Maybe we'll just like, let this be in, um, in, in the world of the reboots and the, uh, uh, revivals of everything yeah. and sequelization. Like maybe we just take this like one thing that's a sequel and let it just be done. Amen to that. Yep. And uh, so with that, uh, you know, thanks for tuning into another episode of Long Lost Heroes podcast. Um, As always, um, you can like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, et cetera, wherever you uh, like to listen to your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LLH Podcasts. 
Uh, you can find us online on our website at www.longlostheroes.net. You can email us at info at longlostheroes.net. Um, please give us a rating and review. We really appreciate it. Um, again, you know, if you have thoughts on Watchmen or The Mandalorian, please comment and, and get a part of the conversation. We would love to hear your thoughts on, on these two amazing shows that are happening right now. Um, anything else for you tonight, buddy? I'm quite good. I'm going to be playing at the uh, pet shop, uh, which is a vegan bar on Newark Avenue on December 11th as part of the Crackpot Comedy. Uh, I would really hope if you come down and see me, I may be using a drummer for the first time, and I think y'all going to like it a lot. Uh, so <laughs> if you got nothing to do on, uh, December 11th, I think it would be great to see you there. Amazing. It's a great plan. I think you're channeling your inner Christian bell, which we <laughs> did see, uh, Ford v Ferrari, but I, I don't think we're going to talk about it. Uh, if you did let us know and we can maybe break it down uh, anyway. Thanks so much, everybody. Um, and we will definitely be back next week, uh, covering, Episode 7 of Watchmen and Episode 4 of The Mandalorian. All right. Bye, buddy. Bye.